Ladies and gentlemen, you know what it is. This is the GID pod. This is a special episode. Trade deadline is tomorrow. We're releasing this today, Wednesday, and we're getting wild on the pod. We got Jake reading Kyle and me, and let's chop it up, boys. How's it going? Not too bad. How are you? Tired. Good it's, morning. Uh, <laughs> we're recording at 8 o'clock in the morning, and I'm ready to rock. Nobody, <laughs> nobody gets wild like me in the morning. No energy drinks needed. I haven't even brushed my teeth. Good thing you can't smell my breath through the fucking screen. Got yeah. that green gum on deck. You already know. It is a good day today, game day. You know daddy got the gum on deck. All right, what's our first topic today, Reed? What are we going to talk about first? We're going to make this episode quick. We're going to shoot our opinions out there. We're not going to dive too deep into crazy, crazy rumors, but we could say like what we think is going to happen and what we want to happen. And all, all of us besides Kyle are pretty much like, level-headed and we're going to talk about good things kyle's probably going to say like oh they should get um, a tumble out of retirement or some shit <laughs> we out here you should call bill russell call up bill why not elgin bale is available hey okay. yo that's, okay. that's old never mind yo Alrighty. yo that's morbid but a couple years ago dude i was like i was just waking up one morning and one of my boys is like Yo, the Patriots signed Junior Seau back. I Googled it, bro, and, and this guy killed himself, bro. That's how my friends are, man. That's that's messed up, right? Jesus. It's freaking messed up. I was up. like, damn, they got this guy back out of retirement? Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace, but, uh... R.I.P. R.I.P. Legend. I mean, we, we see him every day in the news, the Marcus Smart rumors. All I'll say about this is if we haven't been willing to deal Marcus Smart yet in any, like, rumored deal for any superstar player over the years. Why would we do it for a complimentary player like Aaron Gordon or Aaron Fournier? I I agree with you, Reed, and I'm glad we're jumping right into the Marcus Smart talk. That's what everybody wants to hear today, and everybody's talking about 36 in the next 48 hours. But actually, it's probably 36 hours till the trade deadline. Anyways, um, my opinion on Marcus Smart, bro, have the Celtics ever been in this position they've been in in the last four years, three years? Like, they've never been at this position where it's like, dude, the team needs a huge shakeup and they need a little culture shock. Going after Marcus Smart is kind of crazy, but nobody's going after him because he's Marcus Smart. They're going after him because that's the most tradable contract on the roster. For sure. But, no, yeah, that's my whole point. But, like, if you're going to make him the most tradable, then make sure you're getting an equal – Return. I'm, I'm, I'm saying I want. I've been wanting Aaron Gordon for the longest time, and I don't think the price tag for him should require Marcus Smart. Like, if, even if you try to put in Fournier, like a team like the Magic are going to try to sell, sell, sell. And I'm, ta- I'm I'll talk about Vucevic later because that's another uh, gettable piece, in my, in my opinion. But they're going to be looking to sell it any chance they get, and they're going to be looking for picks and young uh, assets. That's what they've been saying themselves. So I don't think you need to sacrifice Marcus Smart. Yeah, like the exception. Thank God for the exception because you're going to be capped out <laughs> unbelievably with uh, any two or three or even one of Gordon, Vucevic, or Fournier. Yo, Jake, you look like you got a lot on your mind. We'll hit Jake and then Kyle after that. So my thing with Smart is that so right now he's on that $12 million deal and he's going to be a free agent next offseason, right? And honestly, I think Smart is, you know, he'll hit the market and he's going to want 15 to $20 million. That's where I'm at with that right now. I think he wants a payday. 
because he wanted one when he was a free agent before, but the market wasn't there for him, and he settled for the $12 million the Celtics gave him. So I don't want to have the Celtics pay Smart anywhere near 15 let alone $20 million. $12 million is already pushing it a little bit. I can live with it. But if you put that much money into Marcus Smart, that's like all-star level money, in my opinion. So And Marcus Smart is not like that. He's a great guy. Is that um, defense money? Is that all defense money? Hey, all I'm going to say is all you guys are telling me that Smart's going to come back and he's going to make this huge impact on this team. Guys, right now we're the eight seed we're a game below 500. Where's where's the impact? I mean, and I I've seen him getting light. He got lit up by John Morant the other night. This is supposedly the first all defensive guy. This is a guy that you guys are, you know, not you guys particularly, but you know, all the fans on social media are telling me Marcus Smart's going to come back. And we're going to turn us around when he comes back, and it's going to be a full 180. Yeah, I we mean, did for a little bit we, there. I mean, we, it's been we had it's a been little stretch, better. and we just. Sucked I mean, let's, to say let's talk the about truth. let's talk about his strength though. His defense has not been anywhere where it's usually no. been. In, in this, like, little stint back from the injury. So, right there, it, I do agree with you. Like, literally, he's paid to be, like, the defensive dog on the team, and he hasn't really brought that forth yet. But I mean, he got lit up by Ja, who hasn't had, uh, you know, a great season so far. So, a guy like that, I don't want to bring him back near on $15, $20 million. I don't. Uh, I mean, you guys know how I feel about Smart. I think he's a very, very, very tradable asset. That contract is very movable. Uh I mean, look, I like Smart. I think he's a good player, a good role player on a championship team. But I just don't think Smart realizes that he's a role player because I see him when he plays and he's chucking up threes like That's he's James pick. Harden. He's That's chucking up threes like, he, like he's James Harden. He doesn't get it. He doesn't get that he's a role player. It just doesn't click for him. I don't know why. He could be a great role player on a good team. And maybe he's one of those guys that down the line when he's you know going to retire, he realizes, I'm actually not the superstar I thought I was. And he comes to himself and say, I'm like, I'm a good role player. And then maybe that's when he starts to win. It's down the line. He can go on some contenders and, you know, make some noise. But right now, right in this day and age on March 24th, he should be moved tomorrow. Now, I want this. I want him to be moved at some point. Whether the deadline, I don't know if that's the right move. But by next offseason, next season, Marcus Smart should, no, should not be a Celtic. <laughs> they have him for one year after this one, right? Yes. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. 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 I mean, I kind of gotta agree with Jake here that you like. I feel like you should get rid of him now. I don't know how much you know trading him for Aaron Gordon really improves the team, especially this year. I do think though that it would be worth getting rid of because I think he's still a little overhyped. Where he's only getting thirteen million, and if you can get a really good player for that, like Aaron Gordon isn't like a really good player, but it would definitely be an upgrade from Smart. I don't see why the Celtics wouldn't do that. Trader Danny never really pulls the trigger on the trade deadline anyway. So, like you were saying, Jake, I imagine tomorrow comes and goes and we don't even make a move. But I think it's definitely worth looking into at least what you can get for him because he is, I would say he's right in that good range of a contract with $13 million. I wouldn't pay him more than that. So when he wants more, it's, unless he wants to take a pay cut like David Andrews did for the Patriots, I don't see him staying here. That yeah, just doesn't I mean, happen in the off. NBA either. Like, the pay cuts like that, that just doesn't happen in the NBA. They always go for the maximum money they can get. So, I mean, that's just something else to think about. It's a different league, too. Yeah. I'm going to cut you off, Corey. I don't know if you're going next or not. But um, the thing about Aaron Gordon, though, is, like, Celtics fans aren't really too high in him as a whole because they, like, they look at his numbers. But, like, look at their, like, the uh, construction of the Orlando Magic roster. Like, how crowded that front court has been the last three, four, or five years. Yeah, he's got his chair minutes with Vucevic, Bamba, and Jonathan Isaac, who 
Isaac hasn't really been on the floor all that too much because he's been dealing with his own injuries. But I think in a lesser role in Boston where he's like the fourth or fifth option, and that those 14, 15 points per game, like those, you could see a spike in those numbers. I don't know if you'll see quite the dip, but I think he's an efficient player and he's definitely fits within the team's timeline and getting younger. And he's 6'8". That's also kind of important. You're right. So let, let's talk about this. Before I do any moves today, like, I know Bradley Beal is not on the table, but if I'm Danny Ainge, I'm calling Washington Wizards, and I'm asking them right now, do you value Aaron Gordon? Do you value Marcus Smart? Which one do you value more? Which one do you think you could bring onto your team and change your culture? Because I predict in the summer, you never know. Bradley Beal might might say, okay, I want to get traded. I'm on a, He has one year left after this year, I think Bradley Beal does. And I think this summer might be a perfect time for him to say that he, he has had enough in Washington. Like the him and Westbrook is probably not going to work out in the playoffs. Like they're going to, they're going to, whether they make the playoffs and lose in the first round or whatever, and that could make the guy request a trade. And I don't know. We don't really brush on it on this, this podcast at the all-star game, seeing Bradley Beal and Jason Tatum together, like, it, it made me think, like, yo, this guy, Bradley Beal, could really, like, force a trade to Boston, and he could be, like, if we could get him without getting rid of Jalen, bro, that could be crazy. Anyways, just look at this deadline and the moves that the Celtics make as, okay, these guys, they could be acquiring a couple pieces to make a bigger move in the summer because no matter what, there's no move out there that will make me confident to go into next year with, with these players that are available today. And that includes Lonzo Ball. That includes Harrison Barnes, which I don't think that the Celtics are in on Harrison Barnes anymore. That includes Aaron Gordon. Fournier, he will be due a lot of money next year, too. That guy is a really good player, and I know he is. I'm just I'm just very scared on, on the Celtics. We're all fans of the team, and we bleed green, and we put a lot of time into this team. So does the front office, bro. So imagine the talks that they're going through. And it's not just one team you got to make happy. You don't just got to make yourself happy. Like, you literally got to send out players that you like on your team to another team because those are the players that other teams like. Nobody's calling Boston about Aaron Naismith today or Semi Ojale or Trishan Thompson even. Like, those are guys that you got to call other teams and try to sell them to, you know? So it's going to be interesting. I just hope that they don't, like, they don't break it all up with losing smart for – for nothing, and then if we if we throw like two or three first round picks, that could be a big deal, bro. Going down the line, like when we go to try to trade for Bradley Beal, we're not gonna have a crazy amount of first round picks and stuff. But yeah, that is true. I do want to touch on you mentioned Tristan Thompson not being traded, and I personally think hmm. and you guys, I didn't I didn't mention that he won't be traded. I said like teams are not calling Boston for Tristan Thompson. Yeah. That's all yeah, I said. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I yeah. I do believe that he should be traded. So I don't. I think Tristan Thompson's untouch is almost untouchable in trade talks. And I know I know his performance hasn't been definitely not what we thought it front office. <laughs> so Tristan Thompson, his performance hasn't been what it, you know, has been, you know, what we hoped it would be when he came to Boston. But Thompson is the only clutch sports uh client that's been in Boston. And if you ship him out and not even give him one full year in Boston, he, that gives him so much power. He can just say to all the clients at Clutch Sports, yo, don't go to Boston. Boston's not a place you want to go. They just ship me out after, you know, half a season there. They didn't give me a full season. And with Clutch Sports becoming, like, the premier um, 
industry standard almost in the uh, NBA agency uh, world, I guess. You don't want to ship out Thompson and get bad PR. The Celtics already don't have the best PR right now. Think about the Gordon Hayward situation. They wouldn't trade him to Indiana, and they, and he had to go to Charlotte. And he wanted to go to Indiana. That was something that I've, you know, reports that I've seen on, you know, on the ESPN and Twitter and stuff that that's rubbed off on other players wrong that they didn't just ship him off to Indiana because they could have got good packages there, and Danny didn't do that. So right now I'm looking at Thompson. Saying, like this is something that internet people know a lot more than me but didn't gordon hayward have the final straw on where he went bro yep dude indiana didn't have the money that charlotte had charlotte yes, pulled it was a signing trade boston. it was a signing trade you they were going to sign gordon hayward back to boston and boston was going to send him to uh the pacers i think it was for turner and i think and then danny age wanted there so turner was in the mix and then danny age was getting frustrated over who it was like oh, i don't remember now it was like that um that wing guy they had that power forward. I don't can't remember his name. And there was some other guy, and Danny Age um, wanted the other guy, and he wouldn't he wouldn't deal him. So the only the only way Gordon could get to Indiana was through Boston. Gordon didn't have the final say. It was through Boston, and Danny Age wouldn't pull the trigger on that. No, Gordon had to sign a contract first. It's called yeah, a sign think, and trade. It's called a yeah. sign and trade. Yes, Gordon, Gordon was ready to sign the contract, and Boston wouldn't Stop. trade him. You're missing the other something. part of that. Hey, we should have a whole episode about this in the summer and we could talk because this is a good conversation and Jake has his opinion. I have mine. Reed has his. Me and Reed's are similar. But I kind of want to do our research a little bit more. But I think that Gordon Hayward is the one that chose Charlotte, though. They had, like, this crazy amount of money that that could pay him even more than Boston or uh, actually probably not more than Boston, but uh, more than Indiana. Anyways, I think we should just keep moving on. And I do have something to say about the uh, – actually, Kyle looks like he has something to say. What do you got on your mind, Kyle? No, I just like, you know, sitting back and watching the sparks fly. Oh, dude, there's no sparks flying. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm still <laughs> drinking my coffee right now. I just – Celtics Nation is all over the place right now, and fans are fighting fans. We're about to have a fist fight on the podcast about Gordon Hayward choosing what team he wanted. No, I'm just kidding. Um there's a, there's a lot to, like, think about right now. We could go in any direction at this deadline. Like, I'm nervous about it, actually, to be honest. Like, I don't want them to do a move that, like, looks really bad at, at first, and I think they might do one. But what we'll do you guys see. think well, about that, the Tristan Thompson thing, though, with um, being untouchable because he's a clutch sports client? Like, you don't want to rub clutch sports the wrong way. I apologize. Okay. Yeah. I wanted, to, I wanted to say something about that. To be honest, like, that's a great take, Jake. I I really appreciate you bringing that on the pod. But in my opinion, like anybody at Clutch Sports should probably just watch the Celtics basketball in the last like three months and they, they should realize, okay, this guy is not playing up to what he's supposed to be. I know he's not playing, getting paid max money like he used to be. He's getting paid $9 million. He's playing like he's getting paid a minimum contract, though. If you ask me, Trishan Thompson, he played himself off of the Celtics and I'm not buying into a lot of the Celtics locker room hating on him, but Tristan Thompson did go to a birthday party or whatever a couple weeks ago, and ever since then, he was not in the lineup. So what does that say? I'm not going to dive any deeper into that, but I think the Celtics might have got a distaste in their mouth for what he did, and we could we could look into that after he does get moved or whatever, but he hasn't played since he went to that birthday party with the Kardashians and shit. Do you, any of yeah. you guys have any info on that? I, uh, uh, not, a, not a whole lot, but 
I think <laughs> I'm going to think on the other end of the spectrum. Okay, if you sorry. guys don't have info on it, basically there were like photos of him at a birthday party with the Kardashians with no mask on. And similar to Kyrie, a lot of a lot of people dragged Kyrie through mud when he went to a family birthday party earlier in the year and had no mask on or whatever. But yeah, that's basically what happened to Trishan Thompson. And yesterday it came out that all the one of these credible NBA reporters said like the Celtics locker room doesn't like Trishan Thompson anymore. And then from there, a couple Celtics players like wrote tweets saying like, that's not true. We love Trishan, whatever. But does the front office love him? I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, I game. think Thompson is probably one of the furthest from untradeable. In fact, he might be the most tradable. Anyways, there were two targets I was looking at. One is kind of obvious. It's Nikola Vucevic. But then there's the uh, second one I'll talk about a little later. Apparently, the Magic are only looking for, like, two first-round picks and some commentary young pieces. There is no excuse Danny can't pull that trade off yep. for an all-star caliber center for Nikola Vucevic. Uh, I think he should be the biggest. He's probably the biggest pitch to catch on Wait, the market for the Reed, Celtics. I think you have that backwards. Magic are looking for two first-round picks and a young player for Gordon. Uh, no, I I know, no, I saw that for uh, Nikola Vucevic, too. I think it was... I mean, this counts all over the place, but I think it was Legion Hoops on Twitter said okay. per per some random analyst might have been on the Magic side. Anyways, but at um, the same time, you know how teams are using the TPE against Danny, like oh you got to use right. that or you lose it. Same right, thing right. with them, bro. Like you got to trade Fournier or he's leaving next summer, so their 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 price is gonna go a little bit lower as the trade deadline yeah. comes. So we'll see. Yeah, I have a second target who's kind of. Maybe not the most obvious at first, but I think could really work out well in Boston is uh, Mal- uh, Malik Beasley. Uh, I think he's still suspended right now, but uh, it looks like the Timberwolves are in shambles right now. Like, yeah, they got a lot of young pieces. They got a superstar in Carl Anthony Towns, but something ain't working. And I think they just got to keep feeding him more assets, which we have plenty that we stockpiled over the years. Beasley's getting over 20 points a game. I think in a larger role, like in Boston, like he could be a major com- uh, contributor. Not sure how much longer he's suspended for. I think it was for like a 12-game suspension a couple of weeks back, maybe a month ago. But I think if you bring him in, it shouldn't be that heavy of a price tag. But maybe for like first guy at the bench or maybe in starting shooting guard role, like that's the kind of additional scoring load that we've been begging for all season right there. And I think it's kind of flying under the radar. I actually respect that a lot, and I haven't heard much noise about that guy. But I actually have heard that the – Minnesota has offered him in trade, so that is something to look at, and I'll definitely call Danny in a little while after we get off the pod, and I'll let him know. I let him know I told him. Well, speaking of Danny, if we don't make any big moves like this trade deadline and this... No, wait, I think this sounds like a hot take coming. Go ahead, Kyle. This sounds like... I'm just saying, like, how... LeBron James is good at basketball. Oh, there we go. (laughs) Well, he's had some, uh, you know, good draft picks, obviously, with Tatum and Brown. Uh, Pritchard those was a layups. great pick. I look at those as layups. He was picked in – they were both picked at number three. Yeah, he hit, and they were both turned into all-stars. But, like, even me and you, we probably could have picked those two guys. But, anyways. Well, that's maybe what I'm saying. Like, at what point, if Danny's not making these trade deadline trades and he's not doing too much in the offseason, after the disappointing season that this will have been – at what point do you get rid of Danny? Not Brad, but Danny. Like, what is he? How much security does he really have in Boston right now? Okay, oh, he has all the security in the world. The ownership's not getting rid of him. I, I 
Guarantee it. And I and personally, I wouldn't I wouldn't fire Danny. I wouldn't do it because I don't know who you, who you would replace him with. Mike and Zare. I think he's been good for the last Mike Zarin. Whatever. Mike Zarin. Okay. But I don't know. Danny's been good for the last 20 years. I know he doesn't make these in-season trades, but I don't know. He doesn't, that's not one of his things either. I mean, he doesn't do this often, these little in-season trades. Also, they were in like a straight, like a straight rebuild, which I think the last time I did this was the Isaiah Thomas trade uh, when they got him. What was that? 2014, 2013? 2015, so, I think. 2015. Yeah. So it's, it's a little ways back. Wait, say that again. That the, the last bad, time, right? the last time Danny Age made an in-season trade was in 2015 when he traded for Isaiah Thomas. Okay, I'm with it. Um, I just kind of see that as his job Reed, to make us better. What's like, your take? What's your take on Danny's job? I'll go right after you. Uh, I don't know. I like. I think the whole trade of Danny moniker is kind of overrated or overused like like we said like his last mid-season trade was six uh six some odd years ago but he very well may likely sit on his hands and wait till he use the full tra- uh, trade exception this offseason and right now i think that's the last thing that Celtics fans want to see and they'll be calling for his head right away if he doesn't use it but i don't mean to change the subject right now about it but how much impact i don't know if this is fully changing the subject but how much impact do you think these struggles are without fans? Like fans are coming back this coming week. Uh, I'll be going April fourth. I think as a, as a basketball journalist on the rise, like you should be thinking of absolutely everything right now. You should be thinking about COVID, no fans, the crazy schedule, how half of the schedule wasn't even released in time, like like in before the season, like how many games have got canceled. I posted on Twitter, the Celtics are the number one team that have suffered from losing players to COVID yeah, protocols. Yeah. Like, you got to factor all that into Brad's job and Danny's job. And I'm going to I'm gonna throw that right into all my opinion on Danny. My opinion on Danny, I don't really even think that Danny Ainge is the main guy that makes these moves. Like, he got to go through front office nowadays. He got to go through all the ownership. Like, it's not just Danny Ainge's head. Does he... Is he the guy that's on the phone? Yeah, him and Mike Zarin are calling all the teams, all this, that. One negative thing I will say about Danny Ainge, I do think over the years, like, he's built up this big ego where that hurts him in in some aspects. Like, there's probably a couple of teams that probably won't even deal with Boston just because Danny Ainge is at the helm. And everybody knows, like, Danny Ainge has literally ruined a couple franchises with a couple crazy trades he's pulled off. Whether everybody has an opinion on the trades that he made, one of them, maybe he uh, got a little help from his friend uh, Kevin McHale, this, that, like, I don't know. It, it's like, I feel as though Danny Ainge has a huge ego and that might hurt, hurt the Celtics in some aspects. Like, when they're trying to get a trade done, maybe they want to keep asking for a little bit more and sooner or later, it's not it's not working. I, I fully see... Danny Ainge resigning in the next year or two because of situations like this. And he might not want to be the downfall of the Jays, like going out without winning a championship. Like you might have to lose your job so other people could come in and take over and actually make deals happen. I feel as though that could be a stupid take, but I just read everything and I see everything in like NBA GMs. I feel as though they don't really like Danny Ainge. That's, I don't know. 
No, Corey, I think you're 100% right. I mean, there was an article, I think, um, uh, his name is Gaming right now. He does stuff for uh, SB Nation and Real GM, but he, he had an article come out, and it was about how, you know, anonymous GMs, of course, I don't want to put their names out there, but it was anonymous GMs and how they feel about Danny Age. And a lot of the stuff I read in that article, it was about, you know, Danny Age uh, is hard to deal with. You need to have the deal pretty much done, set in place, and all the rules working out, and you need to send it to him, and then they'll they'll think about it. Danny Ainge is just a hard guy to work with in the trade talks. And that's something that's hurt him over the years because he has to win every damn deal. Every deal he has to win. I don't know if you guys saw the report. I saw it last night before I was going to bed. Uh, the, a report came out that said if the, Celtics, if the Celtics were only targeting Aaron Gordon, the deal would have already been done. Danny yes. Ainge is targeting something else. Because this is what he does. And this is the thing that aggravates me so much with Danny. He needs to but win it, the deal. He but needs I don't to win. blame him for that. I don't, I don't blame, blame him, him either. But it comes to a point when you're getting a guy, you, you know, sometimes you're going to have to give up more than what you than what comes back. And this is what I coined the nickname for. Everyone Everyone called him Trader Danny, Trader this, Trader that. How about Greedy Danny? The guy has to win every single trade. He needs to squeeze like – it's like he's as a fruit and he's squeezing out like the last juice – from the team just to get the last player oh, is disgusting hey, sometimes. That's what how about this? We're talking about Marcus Smart. Do you think that Marcus Smart has peaked in his game or do you think that he could ever get better? He's peaked. I think Reed tell me I I respect your opinion Reed. Do you think that Marcus Smart could ever get better? That depends if he stays in Boston or if he leaves. If he stays in Boston, do you think that his game elevates to another level? I really don't think so. I think that it, we've seen him at his best and I feel like he is what he is, and and yeah, I feel like this is the, this is the kind of player we're gonna see. But like, maybe he'll fine tune some like the rounded edges of his game. But like, as far as being like a above average shooter, like I don't think he'll ever be that. I think he'll just be the kind of player he is. But he just needs to get back to that kind of defensive minded player that we've seen his whole career that he hasn't been quite this season. Yeah, it's just very hurtful to talk about Marcus Smart when. No matter what move you make to trade him, if you trade him in the next two days, the Celtics will not win the NBA championship this summer, and they won't have Marcus Smart on their roster. So that's not going to make fans happy, in my opinion. You uh, know? Like that's Boston, why. Fans, they either want to win or they want to be having the longest tenured players stay on the roster, in my opinion. But nobody wants to see somebody walk away without getting any compensation for the guy either. But. That's why, like, I look at this trade deadline, and I know in previous years I've been, I've always wanted one of the Celtics to make a move at the deadline. Whether that was, you know, back in 2016 when Paul George was on the market, or you know, all these guys were on the market. Jimmy Butler, I think, was another name being tossed around. Anthony Davis. But the one thing that with this deadline specifically is, I don't want Danny to make a move. Like, I'm, I'm actually hoping Danny doesn't make a move this year. And as weird so, as that sounds, so you would get mad if Danny Ainge traded. Two future firsts that are likely 18 to 25 and like Shemi Ojale for Aaron Gordon, you would be mad about that? Well, no, that's not a bad trade. But my exactly. point is that root for a trade exactly. that, that makes my, us all happy and we don't deplete our assets or our roster. I think that yeah, but I think I think there's more to come in the offseason when you have the full TPE. Now you can take Semi Ojale, the TPE and those picks, and maybe try and get someone better than Aaron Gordon, or you can try and yeah. get get book involved in that now you can use the gpa no, tomorrow it's valuable bro trade aaron gordon in the offseason bro aaron gordon with the tpe with a couple first round picks with a couple young talent that we don't even really have but maybe they could showcase themselves in the next couple months and then maybe you get a bigger fish with that but 
Well, Either my way. thing is that I don't want him to make a trade because you can't get the full value of the TPE. So if you use the TPE, you're not getting the full value of it. Wait till the offseason when you can use the full value of it. And right now, I'm sorry. We've talked about this a lot in our you know little text chat that we have. I'm done with this season, man. It's embarrassing to watch the Celtics team play. It's insulting as a Celtics fan to sit down every other night, three hours a night, and watch this team play basketball. It's insulting. They're currently the eighth seed right now, and they're a game below 500, 21 and 22. If I told you three months ago, Corey, that the Celtics would be the eighth seed looking on the outside in, looking into the playoffs, and they're 21 and 22, you would have told me I was crazy. And you would have said that what a horrible thing. I would have said, like, damn, did Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown have, like, a season-ending yeah, exactly. injury, like, Hayward in the beginning of the season or something? But, yeah, I agree. I wouldn't I wouldn't have believed you that they were in this place. But I'm a fan of this team, and I'm a fan of the NBA, and I know how crazy this season has been. So many teams have struggled, including, like, the top teams of the league. The Bucks were on, like, a six-game losing streak earlier in the year. Like, it's it's not just the Boston Celtics struggle. They turned it around. But one thing, another thing that nobody's talking about, bro, if we just beat five teams that we should have easily beat, like Detroit, Cleveland, Washington, if we won like five or six of those games, maybe even eight, because we lost eight games that we should have easily won. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, but we didn't. Okay, but but time out, Jake, if we did, we would not be talking about trades right now. We would be talking about, yo, I think we could take Brooklyn. I think we could take Philly. So maybe it's better that where our record is where we are, and then we might smack somebody in the playoffs when they're not expecting it. So if I'm you, I wouldn't root for Danny to keep his hands in his pockets today. I would root for him, dude. Try to improve the team. Get a couple of these weak bench pieces off of the team that are not helping us and that are not going to even play minutes in the playoffs, and get somebody that could defend in the playoffs, could close out games. Get Aaron Gordon to Boston. Andrew I have a, uh, it's like a, I saw it's like a poll on Twitter. Who, which one of these young guys would you be more, uh, would you be more likely to part from? Would be Aaron Neesmith or Romeo Langford? Like, what kind of player do you think Langford could be when he comes back? If he comes back, he might just be missing right now. He, the Celtics might just not know where he is. He might just be flat out missing and not telling anybody. Yo, that's a tough question, bro. Like, cause one guy is like playing in the worst NBA season in history where, like, you can't really get much information from these players and you can't see what they're really doing. You can't even see when they're practicing. They're not even practicing much. So, Naismith, like, you don't know what he's like. And Romeo, he's already in his second season in the league, and this guy has probably hasn't even played 15 NBA games, bro. What's the deal? I I love Langford's upside, maybe more than Naismith's. Because Nismith still do. seems like he's kind of like a mental midget in the game. But I don't know. I don't know which one I'd part from. Which one has more value in the other in the eyes of other GMs? I'll tell you, Reed. Just get rid of them both. I don't care. Get rid of them both. Trade them Yo, both. Dave, I don't care who Dave, wants them. Take them. Get them all. Someone peed in your Cheerios today. I swear to you, God, dude. Yeah, you say that, Jake. But what if one of them goes on to be like a starter on a championship team, bro? Like... It's way too early, basically, is what yeah, it's No, it is early. You're right. No, it is early. And I don't know if they have upside. I mean, Langford for, for – I mean, he's played what? Like you said, Corey, what, 15, 20 games in two seasons? I, I could be wrong. And I feel like every time I, I see him on the injury list, it's like, oh, he's out for – what was it? His wrist. I think he had surgery on. He's out with his wrist. Okay, fine, whatever. He has, his, he has this huge wrist ordeal that goes on. Whatever. And then all of a sudden, I'm looking at the injury report. This was just like a week or two ago. I'm looking at it. Romeo Langford out because of health. 
what the hell this help like where did that come from and now also he's in the COVID protocol it's like what are you doing do you want to play basketball or not like that's what it comes down <laughs> to me, like i'm a self-spoilist um, bro but i could easily part with at least four guys that are on the team right now and yeah. it wouldn't even hurt me at all like i feel as though they're not doing anything for the Celtics and they're not doing anything for me. Like they're not even good enough to post memes about what the hell. Like that's we, what hey, is for me. Like I can't even post funny shit about these guys. Can we name them off? Cause I, th- I think I got it. So Langford, Neesmith, Paco, and then water. Literally okay. talking about two guys that are like the first round picks. Why don't you just bring up like, uh, Carson. Edwards, too. Carson Green. Yeah. Why would you bring up the first, the first round. Because, uh, well, if we're talking about trades and putting them in trades, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say, "Oh, you can't have those guys. Those guys are untouchable." Or I don't. I don't want to move those guys. I would move those but guys. You, you're still talking yeah. about two guys that actually have NBA potential, and I'm talking about the guys that shouldn't even be in the league, like Carson Edwards and even guy like Grant Williams, bro. That guy, he he gets oh. me mad sometimes. I, I see Grant. I, I don't even think about Grant Williams. I, I actually forgot he was rostered on the team because every time I see him go on the court, I just had to turn off the game. But literally, like it, it's aggravating sometimes to watch that, that guy play. It's, I mean, it is. I'm sorry, it is. Kyle, wrap us up with your final thoughts on this. What do you think that the Celtics do in the next two days? Uh, absolutely nothing. I've gotten my hopes up way too many times to get all these big name players at the trade deadline. Then 3 p.m. always comes and goes, and I'm always waiting for those last minute deals. It never happens. My balls are always blue, and it's always upsetting about it because I'm always wanting these big-name players that are going to bring us to the title. We never get it. It never happens. Um, At the most, I mean, we trade for a veteran bench player, maybe dump like a Tristan Thompson contract, but I don't think Aaron Gordon's coming to Boston. I would love it, but... We'll just do like a roundtable of what we think, like our predictions come Thursday's deadline. Uh, I think you'll see... I think you'll see Aaron Gordon wearing Boston green. Just simple right. that. Right, okay, what are we giving up for him? Now, nah, what are we giving up for him? Two firsts, Grant and Thompson. And, no, they're going to want a guard because they're already their front court's crowd as is. So, maybe Javante. I'm not sure how that adds up, but I'm assuming, that's just what I've been seeing, those handful of names attached to it. Okay. Jake, what do you think? Hands oh, in the pockets. Yeah, 3 p.m. is going to come and go. And then we're going to hear reports at about 3 4 o'clock with Danny and she, Well, you know, we were very close to making a deal, but, you know, just the, you know, the chips just didn't fall into place. And, uh, you know, we, we were very close. We almost we almost did it. Trust me, we, we almost did it, but we, we just didn't do it. That's what's going to happen. It happens every trade deadline. That report comes out. Every single trade deadline, that report happens. I, I mean, yeah, you, like, you, single, you just said that they got Isaiah Thomas at the trade deadline. You could yeah, just talk. Yeah, that wasn't the trade line, but okay, fine. So since 2015, that has happened every year. Since 2015, that report has been out every year for the last five years. It has. You're right. I am but right. That just that just means that maybe those rosters were like up to their standards and they didn't need improvement. And they did go to three of the last four Eastern Conference Finals. So you could yeah, say yeah. Stan and Patton might have been the right move there, or you could say. Damn, they should have just got like a little piece and then they would have been in the finals. So you could fight both sides of that. Me, I think in the next in the next 36 hours, I think that Aaron Gordon is a Boston Celtic. And I think also number 36 stays in Boston and the fans are happy about it. So I I really think that Marcus will still be a Boston Celtic by the end of the uh the deadline. That's what I have to say. My four untouchables, 
coming into the deadline are Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Robert Williams, and Peyton Pritchard. I'm I would agree with that. So, I would agree I with that. Tweeted, I tweeted that out like two months ago that I didn't even tweet that they were untouchables, but I just listed their four names in in a tweet. And like 100%, in my opinion, those guys have the potential to get to us to the next level. Like, I know they're really raw, but... Yeah, they're like, I don't Richard's know. like kind of falling off a little bit with his offense. Like, not, not really. Like, he still has a role for sure, but like... If Marcus goes, like, I'm not saying Prayer Pritchard ceiling is Marcus Smart, but, like, that's another, like, dogged defender that kind of can fill a bit of his absence and maybe provide, I think, his ceiling where it's headed, like, could be a more efficient offensive player than Marcus. Coming yeah, I mean, I'm, road. I would definitely agree with that. But my thing with Pritchard is I don't know where he's going to be. Uh, he could be one of those diamond in the runs like a Jimmy Butler. Uh, I don't say that he's going to have the same play style, but just, like, one of those guys that you pick up like that. But I could totally see Pritchard being like a Manu Ginobili, just like a really solid player. Not not the all-star level, superstar level, but just a really good, solid player. And that would be my hope with Pritchard, that he's like a Manu Ginobili. Coming off the bench, you can put him in the lineup sometimes. That would be like the, the perfect, I think, one of the perfect situations with Pritchard and the Celtics team. Now, I'll be honest, I would be devastated if he was like a throw-in on a trade because I do see his, like... This whole season in the beginning of the year was obviously a lot better when he was getting more playing time. But, like, I saw that he had what it meant to be a Celtic. And all that shows is, like, in the next couple of years, he's going to get it a little more, a little more. And by the time it's time to pay the guy, he's going to be a very, very, like, solid player. So it's going to be you got to pick and choose at that point. Did, uh, anyway. did any of you guys get your Celtics tickets yet? I'm not yeah. going I'm gonna go to the game on Monday. Monday, you going? I'm going uh, April 4th against the Hornets. I think it's Easter. Damn, that sucks that uh, Lamelo's not playing, bro. Yeah, I know, I know. One of my uh, one of my buddies, we, we got him for around like 150 or so. Like, so someone absurd, but like uh, compared to what we usually pay. But uh, one of my buddies doesn't follow basketball at all. Only knows about Lamelo Ball and very few other people in the <laughs> league. So I was like, yeah, like let's go watch him. Day later, after he hits submit on the. Uh, the Venmo, he sees a report of Melo after the year. So now he's just going to see Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier. He thinks he's going to a football game, probably. I'm not sure. That's funny. That's pretty yeah, funny. Yeah. Partially back to the Garden, though. Either way, that'll be a good ticket to go see our two Celtics, be. though, that are having yeah. great seasons. I'm happy for both of them. Like, those are two guys that I have no bad blood with. Oh, uh, Rozier. I miss, I miss Terry. I, I welcome him back yesterday. I, I miss him, but after when he went on national media and did all that stuff, I was like, all right, you're gone. Bye. See I ya. mean, you can say what you want to say about it. Like, I love the Celtics, but everybody's entitled to their own opinions, and he's the guy that was in the locker room. He's the guy that, like, I don't know. He could say whatever. I would probably welcome him back, though. I liked him a lot when he was here. I did. this whole And that whole playoff run, oh, that was nice. The scary I'll Terry. Honest, like, I hope the guy never wears a Boston Celtics jersey ever again. But at the same time, like I'll root for him every other team he's yeah, on. That's no. how. That's my take no. on. He's had a good no. year. I'm not going to any Celtics games anytime soon. I don't think. Unless if they're in the NBA Finals Game Seven at Boston, I'm probably not going at all. That's messed Which, up. I mean, I want. I mean, don't get me wrong. I want to go, but I. I mean, I'm just. I don't. I don't want to go with COVID. Just I don't know how I am. You're all ready. right. Any final thoughts? I love you guys. I hope everybody has a good day. If Marcus Smart gets traded, I think that there might be riots. Podcast over.
This could be the last podcast episode of Marcus Smart is traded. Podcast is <laughs> over if Marcus Smart is traded come Thursday. I won't. I won't act very irrational if it doesn't. <laughs> no, no, okay. But there will be Celtics fans that are very, very displeased by it. I will say that this is not Avery Bradley getting traded away for Marcus Morris or something. Traded yeah, away yeah. Marcus Smart from a team that we thought was like NBA Eastern Conference Finals, like a lock pretty much going into the year. That would be pretty devastating to trade one of your glue guys like that. But we'll see. Anything is possible. And God bless everybody. Hope you guys have a great day today. Thank you for listening to the GRD podcast. We'll be back after the trade deadline passes and we'll wrap it up and we'll see if Jake and Kyle were right about Danny Ainge holding his hands in his pockets and eating Chipotle all day. (laughs) 